going to bring the kids down before we start the video. Um, if you didn't know, we were in Honduras for one week from Thursday through this past Thursday, August 2nd through 9th, and um, it was a great trip. <laughs> we did several things, so I'll just kind of give you the overview. That way nobody else has to feel like they have to overview the whole trip, and you'll get the overview in the video. Um, but uh, we, we did several things while we were there. Number one, we did some work projects. Uh, we were working on building a roof for the kitchen cafeteria area. Um, and I'm pleased to say, thanks to your generosity, our church family, and other people's generosity, uh, that we were able to raise above and beyond what we needed to finish that roof. So that's, that's so awesome. And here's the deal. Isn't it just like God? We got there. And Jorge said, oh, I forgot to factor in the electrical uh, for that bid I gave you. I said, that's great, Jorge. We've got some extra money. <laughs> so God already knew that what we needed, we were able to bless people there. We were able to bless somebody locally there. We were able to bless Jorge. Jorge right now is raising money to build his own house that he can retire to. We were able to give some money towards his his personal house, um, and so uh, it was just just a great week. So we were able to work a little bit. We went into the schools for the first time, and I'm sure somebody will talk in this in more detail, so I'm just highlighting. Uh, we did uh, three days of, of doing projects in the school, doing a, a morning session, basically, art, uh, science, and music. Uh, went phenomenally. Uh, so thank you to the team members who, number one, had that idea, uh, and number two, who pulled it off, <laughs> that it just wasn't an idea. And uh, we also did a, a mini vacation Bible school on Saturday for the kids at Dadasco. Um, if you're not aware, there's about th roughly 32-plus kids in Dadasco right now from age 4 to 19. And... There's also 60 to 70 kids from the community, from the village of Tamara, that come for school there. It's a private school, uh, Gordon Woods, Escuela Gordon Woods. And so um, we did that for the kids. And then, just to keep ourselves busy, uh, some of our ladies taught the girls to sew in the afternoon. And that, if that wasn't enough... <laughs> We also did youth, three youth meetings, Friday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. Had like a little youth meeting in the evening where we do teaching, ministry, games, and crafts. And so uh, we were not bored uh, when we did a birthday party. On Saturday, we do a birthday party. We, we bring gifts uh, for the children. We have a big pizza party. We have cake. We have ice cream. And we showed a movie in Espanol. Um, what movie do we watch? It does. Oh yeah, it was just as bad in Spanish as it was in English. Okay, <laughs> I attest to that. Um, it may have been better in Spanish. Um, so that's our overview of our trip. We had twelve team members go. Uh, you can see some of them wearing their green shirts. I think all of them are here. So uh, we're going to let them give testimonies, but I think we're going to show the video first. So here's here's a video. Thanks to Bethany. Poe for, uh, she put together this video and 
probably shot 99% of it or 95%. Um, and so we are so pleased. To, I'm, I'm excited to find out what this video has in it. Um, hopefully it's not something too embarrassing for me. So um, let's enjoy the video over, overview of Honduras. Share some testimonies. <laughs> we want to share some testimonies. Anybody like to go first? Narda would. If you don't go first, somebody steals your thunder. So, right? So, you're going to go first this year, huh? I'm going to go first this year. Y'all, this trip was amazing. Um, there was just a different feeling. There was a different way the hand of the Lord worked through us. Early on, when we were getting ready, we kind of picked generosity as our theme. And I was kind of journaling about it. And I realized that right in the middle of the word generosity is yes. Only it's in Spanish. You know, the Spanish word for yes is sí. So right there in the middle of generosity is a yes. And for me, that meant saying yes to God. And sometimes... When you choose to say yes, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. I've been doing Spanish all year. When we got home last year from Honduras, I thought, well, this lady came up to us last year on Sunday in church, this little short lady named Olga. And Terry Boy was standing next to me and Dan, and she came up and she was like this feisty lady, and she got it kind of in my face with her finger, and she said, in Spanish, if you come here to help, you have to know Spanish. And she almost, it was almost like, don't come here again and say you're helping if you can't speak the language. Well, I took that to heart. So almost every single day for the whole last year, I've done a little Spanish lesson. Now, my Spanish is still really sorry. It's bad. But this year, it kind of clicked for me, so I was able to understand a little bit more. <clears throat> And I looked for her on Sunday, and she wasn't there. I was going to say something to her in Spanish, but she wasn't there. Um, but in Spanish, I learned a couple of things. You know, when you say the house is big, beautiful, and white, in, in, or the, when you say it in Spanish, all of the modifying words come after the subject. So you say la casa es grande, blanca, grande, whatever. So all those words come after house. So the Lord kind of showed me that I said yes to the trip. I said yes to Honduras. I said yes to going there. But all the stuff, all the good stuff happened after. All the good stuff happened. All the what he did happened because I was there. And I had no clue what that would be. So all the good modifiers happened later. Um. We also used the five loaves and two fishes as our kind of theme. It was our journal theme. It was what we taught the kids in vacation Bible school. And two things got linked together for me there. As the loaves and fishes were brought by the little boy, he brought all that he had to give. And the word tells us that the food was multiplied in front of them. Like they got all sat in groups and... It, Jesus blessed the food, and as they passed it out, it was multiplied. 
Well, another one of the themes, <clears throat> another one of the scriptures in 2 Corinthians 9.10, it says about our seed, let me get it here, that he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. So just as the five loaves and two fishes were multiplied as he gave it, our seed was multiplied as we gave it. And it, it grew right in front of our eyes. Um, one more thing, and then I'll be done. So our seed was multiplied as we sowed it in sowing with the girls, in youth meetings, in all the things that we did there. It just multiplied in front of our eyes. And we brought our best. Like that little boy who gave his whole lunch, every single one of the members of our team brought the very best they had to give. Nikki rocked it on the sewing. Terry loves those kids. His, his Spanish is invaluable to us when we're there because he communicates with everybody for us, for our team. Um, Shane's dancing skills, I mean, <laughs> we couldn't have done it without you, no. But honestly, every single member of our team brought their best. You know, Cooper, Kennedy, and Spencer, you guys are awesome. Like, I just, yeah. These, these youth guys, I mean, they were loving on kids every possible moment. So because, like the little boy, we brought everything we had, God multiplied it. And guess what? We have 12 members of our team. And today, all 12 of them are going to share with you the leftovers, like just like there were 12 baskets left over from the five loaves and two fishes. We have 12 baskets of goodness to share with you today about what happened in Honduras. So who's next? So the one day I, I forget my journal at home, it has my testimony in it. So I'm just going to go whatever I remember. So um, this year was my second year and Last year, I knew, like, see and know and hello, goodbye, buenos nachos, uh, all, that, all those small words. And, like, I'd, I, like, always had Bethany, like, communicate to the kids for me. Like, I never tried to try to do my Spanish. And this year, it was so cool because they remembered me. Like, it was so interesting because they remembered me. It's my only, only my second year. Some of them remembered my name. And I actually was out there, and I was working on my Spanish. I was, like, asking colors, numbers. I actually taught Henry how to count to ten in English. I was very proud of that. So um, it was really cool to see the relationship I built with each and every one of them. And I learned their names, and I learned who they were. And it was just really cool to experience um, how happy they were and how much they gave you love. And so um, I was, for the birthday presents, we assigned everyone a birthday present. And I, was, I wanted Kenneth. But then I was like, what do I get a four-year-old? What do I get him? And so I got him a frog ball and um, bubbles. It was so cute because the next morning after the birthday party, he was just out there playing with the ball, and it just made my heart happy. So, yeah. Right. I don't know. This was my first trip ever 
as on a mission field, and I had every excuse in the world not to go. Narda had asked me a long time ago to go with her, and John and Bethany wanted me to go with them to do a mission trip with my kids. And uh, I had every excuse, and I even told people in the church, I'm not going, I'm not going to do it. And um, on the way home from church one Sunday morning, I just started seeing all these little faces in front of me as I'm driving down Midland Drive. And I see all these little faces. And I just started crying as I'm driving. And at that moment, I knew I had to go to Honduras. I didn't know why. It wasn't for the kids that I went to Honduras. It was for me. In our scripture, Proverbs 25, 11, the generosity will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That was such a scripture that was impressed on me through this whole week. But as the week came to an end, my testimony developed. 26 years ago in July, there was a total change in my life that was devastating to my life. It changed every aspect of my life. And during that time, the next few years, my heart just began to harden. And it just got harder and harder. And I wouldn't let things affect me. Like when my mother died, I cried very little because I just would not let things affect me. It could not touch me. So during this past week, um, the Lord kept reminding me of a scripture that he gave me 26 years ago. And that was Ezekiel. Let me turn to it so I can read it to you. It was Ezekiel uh, 36, 26. And it says, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out the stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. He just continuously this week reminded me of that scripture, continuously reminded me, do you remember I gave that to you? Do you remember I don't forget? So whatever he promises you, whatever he's going to do in your life, he does not forget. And it may take you going out of the country to figure that out. But those kids were amazing. I want to commend the Beecham kids because they love on those little kids like nobody has ever loved on them. They're amazing to watch work with those kids. And they're the hardest working kids I've ever been around in my life. And I just, that was really impressive to me to watch those kids. But, you know, if you have the opportunity, whether it's Honduras or somewhere else, go. God has a plan for it. So God really put on my heart to kind of give it my all this year. Because sometimes when I'm playing soccer, being super athletic, or not super athletic, but being very... (laughs) Super active, being very active. I'll get like a wind stitch or something that my body's not used to going so fast or so hard or whatever. And so I'll have to take my time and like I'll have to get out of the game and go lay down or calm down or something like that. And so uh, towards one of the last one of the last nights, uh, God really pushed me to uh, just stay in the game, and I didn't have to be super active, but still be involved with the kids. And so I did that, and so I just kind of stayed toward the back, and I still played, but I played the entire game with the kids until dinner. And it was amazing just to see how happy they were for me to stay, because in the previous nights I had to go in because I was getting pain in my chest or whatever. And so it was a 
big blessing to see how happy they were to have me out there because I thought I was just playing for fun, but it actually meant more to them. And that's one thing that t- really touched my heart. Uh, one Another thing that uh, God pointed out to me was I wanted another hammock this year. And we I found a really nice one. It was very cheap. And so I decided I'd wait on it. I was like, that's the hammock I'm going to get. I decided, made it up, like, 100% I'm going to get this hammock. So I was like, I'm going to leave it here, and I'll come back to get it. Well, I came back later, and it was gone. And so I was, like, just feeling really down after that. I was like, man, I was looking forward to that. So I look around, and I find another one exactly the same, but it's double the price. So I take it up front, and I had just enough money to buy it, so I was super happy, so I got it. And later on, when we got back to Midland, God just kind of said, like, this is kind of how what it's like when I call you to do something. When I call you to do something, and you decide that you're going to do it, you need to do it then and now, when I say it's time. Not on your own time, because it might be, God might have it planned precisely for that time and that moment for you to do something and you're all excited and for it but you don't want to do it right then because you don't want to embarrass yourself or you want to wait till you're alone with someone or something like that and it just won't have the same impact on your life hi guys my name is kennedy and public speaking is not my thing so if you just like if you bear with me i'll get through it um, I'll be really a nervous wreck, but it's okay. I got this. Um, I've been three years, and this year is just so different. And I feel like my eyes were open. And um, what was that verse? Is like you go to refresh the kids, but the kids end up refreshing you. And <laughs> they're laughing at me. Okay. Um, anyway, so I feel like they like refreshed me when like my heart was to go and to help and serve, but I feel like okay, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and God also put in my heart um, generosity, which was what we were kind of teaching, and then it was like, how can I teach this if I don't have this? And so throughout the week, I was just trying to like show me opportunity to be generous and just like working on that in my heart, and that was cool. Um, I love the kids, and that's cool. Um, if you talk to me one-on-one after this, I will tell you everything. I won't be nervous, so I'm done. So, yeah, okay. Man, I just want to say if, if my goal for going this year was just to encourage Nikki to come, it was worth it, <laughs> really. Um, yeah, this year, it's my second time, and it was a whole new experience this year, because the, fir- the first year you go, you're kind of new to everything. You, you know, test the water, see how it all goes. You meet the kids for the first time, but um, this year, my heart just, I don't know if it, like, dropped underneath me or like, exploded or what, but um, our theme was generosity, and that was amazing just to, to see the whole trip, like, um, one day, a little girl liked my um, hair tie on my wrist, and so I gave it to her. And the next day, Kennedy gave me one of her hair ties um, that she liked, and somebody else wanted something, so I gave it. And then the next day, I saw someone give it to me. And um, my heart this year was to give each one of the kids a letter because last year we wrote letters for the team, and I wanted the kids to have it this year. And the last day we're there, this one girl wrote everybody 
letters. I mean, she was there writing nine letters the whole day. So it was just crazy the whole week to see how we gave in little ways, and these kids just gave back and gave back. And one of the nights I spoke, and when I was preparing um, for the sermon, I was curious, you know, who was the first giver in the Bible? And I even asked the kids that, and they were like, Jesus, you know, typical answer. But (laughs) as I read um, through that in Genesis, and if I say that, you probably know, oh, God's the first one. But I was reading in Genesis, and he just finished creating Adam and Eve, and then he creates the plants um, for food for the animals. And it says in the Bible, God's talking to Adam and Eve, and he says, I created all this, I have plants and food, and I'm giving it to you. And so God just finished creating this whole entire earth, and then he gives it to us. And just realizing that, like, I looked around in Honduras, so beautiful, so green, and, you know, frogs chirping, or whatever you want to call that sound that they did, (laughs) and just thought, like, wow, God gave this to us. Like, what a gift. And learned again, too, that generosity is love and action, because God didn't only just give us this earth. Like he gave us his son. You know, John 3.16, God loved the whole world, so he gave. He loved, so he gave. And so oh, just the whole idea of giving opened my heart up to receive giving, and which opened it up to love. And I left that last night just sobbing because I wanted to stay because I fell in love with the kids and just everything there. So it awoken something. It awakened something new in me. So I was so thankful for every moment. I'm going to I'm going to go back. <laughs> Love it. Hmm. So, I only have two things I want to talk about. You've heard a lot about everything we did and and how good it was, but one thing is, did you know what was our theme? All right. We did the same thing with the kids, so I just want to do it with you. The first day we get there, I'm talking to Jorge, John was teaching me all week about the money and how we handle it and and how we pay everything and make sure everything's all the food's bought and just he trusted me with the team money which I was like are you sure about this man like come on um but it was just interesting to see so Jorge pulled me aside and he just started talking about like this last year since we got back from the year before the amount that Living Way Church has given monthly has doubled and I want to thank you for that because last year they only had 23 kids. This year they have 32 kids. Their school has grown, and their expenses are growing. Like Jorge and Rosa are looking to retire as as the Lord wills, and they're going to move off, and Michelle's going to step up, and so they need the support. There's several other churches in the U.S. that are supporting them, but, but for us to double what we've been giving to Honduras, Jorge personally just said, I want to thank you for that amount because it's allowed us to do a lot more that we weren't able to do. And so for me, again, I want to reiterate a challenge that we got last year to our team and everybody really is if you want to go to Honduras, then sow into that ministry. Sow into it. And I'm, I'm talking financially. I don't really push the financials. I don't like to. It's I'm still learning how to ask the Lord for stuff like that. But Didasco is 32 kids and a family that needs us. They need support. There's kids who don't have family, and they see us as family. And family takes care of family. And so if you want to go to Didasco, for those who, who already got in their mind that next year we're going back, sow into it for the next 12 months. 
And for those of you who might be thinking about going, or you say, I'm not a goer, but I'm a sender, they're not so into Tedasco because they need monthly support. And Jorge is so grateful. I can't tell you how many times he just stopped us in the middle of the week or whatever we were doing and just said thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the second thing that I want to tell you is um, this year, like every, I'm, I'm so proud of our team because everybody, and I mean it, everybody tried to speak Spanish as much as they could to their ability. And it was amazing because with a little bit of Spanish and a lot of body language, you got your point across really easy with the kids. And we were able to communicate on a whole other level that last year, at least from my perspective, we weren't able to do. And so for me, something clicked. I first got there and I was like, my Spanish isn't here this year. Like, I haven't used it enough. I haven't practiced enough. I'm not understanding. And then something happened, I think, with the whole team, not just me personally, but with the whole team. God just opened our ears. And we started to hear and understand. Like even John said, I don't know if you're going to say this in your testimony. Still in your thunder. Watch out. Um, watch out. Good chugga. Good chugga. Anybody? Um, but John said in church, like even when we went to church and the whole service is in Spanish, like it was the first time for, I, I too felt like I could hear every single word as if it was a word, not as just like a Spanish thing, you know, where it's all blending together because you don't know what's what and when's where, right? So it was easy to understand. And because we had our ears open, I had a lot of conversations with two boys specifically and they began to tell me their story, and I was asking very pointed questions to try to see, like, where are they at? One is kind of on the edge. He's rebelling a little bit. He's trying to live life in the streets and not do what, what Jorge and Rosa want. And then the other is he's just a solid guy, good, good grades, wants to go into the military. Um, but they told me their stories. One of them, his, his dad was murdered when he was four. And his mom died in a car wreck when he was 10. And he's the oldest of the of the four siblings that are there at Didasco. And, man, my heart was crushed because it wasn't like just hearing it, you know. Um, when you're able to speak a heart language, that's exactly what it does. It goes straight to the heart. You're able to feel what they're feeling and truly understand, not just get the information, but relate and sympathize with somebody, Right. So when I heard that, man, I was like, Lord, like, this kid has already, he's not going to school anymore. He's already gone off to his trade, trade school, learned his trade, and ha- is working currently in his career at Didasco, in a sense. Now, he wants to further his career, and um, but at 14 years old, like, man, another one of the other boy, you saw me praying for me, Shane, and uh, Cooper praying over him, his mom passed away earlier this year, and I won't give the details of that, but, like, him and his little brother are there at Didasco, and, yeah, it's just them two right now at Didasco, and, and it was, it broke my heart to see how he responded, and just sorrow, and I was really affected by it, like, I'm not a crier, so don't expect tears right now, but uh, I was really affected by it. And and how I was looking at each kid from that moment, I'm just saying, like, what is their story like? Every one of these kids has something that's happened. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. You know, whether it's just their parents can't financially support them or they were left. Um, 
But John, Pastor John, spoke into me, and it turned my whole perspective of what was, what was happening in Didasco around. And he just said the simple truth is, is we have the gospel. It's the hope that we all cling to, that Jesus is a redeemer, a savior. He's soon coming king, and he is redeeming all things back unto himself. So everything that's happened in these two young boys' lives at such an early, early age, Everything for all the kids in Didasco, for Jorge and Rosa giving 26 years of their life, willingly and lovingly serving these kids, for all the financials that we give to these, these mission trips that we go on, every, everything that happens in this earth, God turns and uses for his glory, his praise, and his worship. And we respond out of love and thankfulness for his generosity. Because every time something bad happens, he lavishly loves on us. And it's hope that we cling to. It's what keeps us driving. It's what allows us to endure. No man can take it from us. No situation can rob us as long as we cling to the cross and to the resurrection power. The Holy Spirit alive in you will keep you strong and hoping. So that's what I took away from Didasco. Good morning. I've got a cold, so bear with me, please. And I brought some notes because I'm the oldest of the bunch and I forget stuff. <laughs> uh, this is my sixth trip, I think, that I've taken to Didasco. And God blesses like nobody's business. And I just want to thank each of you that have given to do that. Uh, God has blessed me with a job that I can pay for my own way. But I know it's hard for some others to, to do that. And they work hard to, to get the money together to do that. And, and especially these kids. They each raise their own money for this trip. It was, they didn't leave it to mom and dad. Uh, I want to say we were all blessed by the kids. And uh, Jorge and Rosa and Michelle, they do a wonderful job down there. And you can't imagine. And they're just so grateful for you just showing up. They know you're going to be there and help in any way that you can. It doesn't matter what abilities or, or gifts that you have, but everybody has a gift. Everybody can do something, whether it's just playing with the kids and all us older people are very happy to have these young people there. So they can play with those kids. I can't get out there and kick a soccer ball. I'd be on my rear end all the time. And I don't care to do that. So I thank them for, for being there and doing that. Dan and I and John and a few others, Pastor John, got out there and we worked throwing bricks. I want to tell you now we're official, officially honorary members of the National Brick Throwers of Honduras for getting up there. We had to take bricks from over here and move them in the building and then we take them and we go up to these guys up on top they're up on those scaffolds and stuff and I know we move three or four hundred bricks each that way just picking them up and throwing them in that kitchen and I did a little bit of work at Jorge's house I told the guys over there I appreciated them helping me build Jorge's house over there for what they were doing but anyhow we had a great time doing that it was a little rough but I didn't even have much soreness or anything like that I was so, so proud because I'm not a physical labor kind of guy. I sit behind a desk or whatever, you know, so I don't, I'm not into that physical labor stuff. But uh, God took care of that and blessed us with no soreness, if you want to say that. And Dad, Dan did a great job, too. He's out there with his bad leg, and he's doing as much as anybody else is. So God really used him in a, in a mighty way, too. <coughs> uh, I want to tell you a little story about one of the kids up there. He was in the group. I don't know if he was noticed. His name is Henry. And Henry, 
he just clung to me a lot of the time. He'd see me and he'd come running, you know, and just latch onto me and hold on and whatever. And he started telling everybody, he said, Él es mi abuelo. Él es mi abuelo. Well, that means grandfather. <clears throat> Another kid came up to him and he said, Él es mi abuelo también, which is, that's my grandfather too. And he said, no, Él es tu tío. He's my grandfather. He's your uncle. <laughs> so that was pretty cute. Some of those guys that just got some of the neatest personalities and everything. Um, uh, some of the people that we met on the trip were kind of neat. When we go to the tourist area, it's called Valle Angeles and uh, Valley of the Angels. And there's always Americans that we run in up to, up to up there because there are a lot of people over there coming to help. So it's kind of neat to see that God's using a lot of different people from a lot of different places in Honduras, but I'm sure that's multiplied many times in all countries, lots of places all over the world. But I wound up hearing some guys speak in English, and I say, oh, there's a gringo. Hey, how you doing? Whatever. And I start talking to him or whatever, just getting in a relationship, trying to find out what's going on. And one of the guys told me he was from Canadian, Texas, which is up north, uh, past Amarillo, and uh, he works for the group called Mana World or something like that. Anyhow, they build water wells. So it's kind of neat just to be able to talk to somebody. And I said, oh, I have a friend in Midland who recently passed away. And I told him his name. He says, yeah, I know that guy. And he said, well, I didn't know he passed away. And I said, yeah, he was a good guy. He had cancer and wound up passing away. But you never know who you're going to meet. You're just one or two people away from knowing somebody all over the place. There was a guy in that same group uh, that had lived in Midland previously. And now he lived in Buffalo, New York. I said, man, are you crazy? Isn't it cold up there? He said, yeah. He said, I do miss the better weather in Midland in that regard. But you just never know who you get to meet there. There's just a lot of neat folks. When we came back into the United States, uh, I had on a silly shirt that said, I, sur I survived a mission trip in Honduras. I just thought it was kind of cute, so I bought it and thought it would be good for traveling. Well, a gentleman came up to me. We had to wait at the airport in Houston for close to an hour maybe, to get our suitcases. It was raining when we came in, and they wouldn't let the guys go out on the uh, taxiway area to p get the bags off the airplane. So we sat around and waited. So while we're waiting, a guy came up to me and says, hey, I like your shirt. He says, are you a believer? I said, yeah, I am. And he, he had on a shirt that said something about Jesus being his Savior. And I said, cool. So anyhow, I talked to him for a minute, and he was from a four-square church in Durango, Colorado. And they had been in... Uh, San Pedro Sula, which is another town, another big area on the Caribbean coast of Honduras, doing some uh, work for the Lord over there. So it's just kind of neat to see and be able to talk to people that are doing different things for uh, the Lord in all these different places. It just kind of helps build you up a little bit and strengthen you and get to meet some new believers. He gave me his card, and I gave him one of mine, so we'll be able to talk and have some contact later on. One other story I'll tell you about is I've spoken about him before. One of the guys that works there, his name is Paco, <clears throat> excuse me, and he, uh, he's one of Jorge's, I guess, right-hand man, basically. When, when uh, Jorge is gone, he stays there on the property all the time. He works there, works with the cattle, works with the, the vegetables, uh, helps with the fish. They are raising some tilapia there and that sort of thing. And he was telling me that he's on some medication now for... Uh, drawing a blank. Anyhow, uh, diabetes. And so anyhow, I said, well, I have some of that same kind of medication. He says, well, I'm almost, almost out of mine. I said, well, I've got some. I've got some extra, and I've got mine at home, uh, a bunch that I can use. So I gave him what I had, and when I did, he said, I only had three pills left. I didn't know what I was going to do. 
So it was kind of neat that I was able to give him that. And Shane gave him a pair of boots. He had some boots, folks, that none of y'all would have even thought about ever wearing. They were in such sad shape. But Shane gave him his pair of boots, and he was so delighted. He, he just couldn't believe that somebody would give him such a nice gift. And I gave him a pair of tennis shoes, uh, and it was just a, a neat way to just give. We talked about generosity. Each of us had a chance to show it and to do it, and because of it, we got many blessings. The kids blessed us. Jorge and his family blessed us in so many ways. So if you're worrying about getting a blessing, you don't have to worry about that. You'll get one if you go. You'll get a blessing if you give to those who are going. So keep that in your hearts and minds and pray for Jorge and his family. He's going to be coming to see us later on, and uh, you'll get a chance to see him and thank him. And if you have something extra, I'm sure he'll be glad to take it off your hands for whatever he's got going, <laughs> whatever he's uh, needing it for, because there's always new projects, always things going on with the kids that they need something for. But God really blessed us, and uh, we thank you for all your prayers. Well, this was my fifth time to go, and I originally starting out, I wasn't going to go, like, um, because I'd gone so many times, and last year, I just really struggled with the Lord being there, and, um, you know, he redeemed it at the end, but um, I just thought, you know, there's not a lot I can give, I just, I don't know that I'm going to go, so I uh, said, you know, I'll send everybody else, my whole family, and I'll stay home with Keegan, because, you know, he can't go, and it'll be fine. And we uh, started praying. And every time I would tell somebody, they would mention Honduras. I was like, oh, I'm not going. That night, the Lord would give me a dream about spiritual warfare. Like something happened and we needed to be there to pray. And so finally, like after the fifth or sixth dream, I'm like, Lord, I think you're really calling me to go. (laughs) I'm supposed to go this year. And so um, I decided I was going to go and... um, through that, he just like kept pressing on my heart to pray. And I prayed for this mission trip more than any other mission trip I've ever gone on. And, um, just about what we're supposed to do. And I felt like he just dropped things in my spirit that, you know, an outreach into the community, like I just, all these different things. And so, um, we decided to go into the schools this year. That was something new. And it was just like, there was a freshness and a newness because, Every year before, we've always done the exact same thing, exact same programming, like you knew exactly what to expect. Nothing changed. And so this year, like everybody on the team had a vision like, oh, I think we want to do this. I want to do this, you know. And it was totally a new experience. And when we first touched down and got onto Dadasco, I looked at Narda, I think, and I was like, "It's we're home. Like this is home. Like it just felt like we were at home. And um, so we went through our stuff. And uh, I just... Uh, one of the things that I felt the Lord say that we needed to do was to do science in the school. And, you know, like there, you know, when you hear from the Lord and you like, is that, am I really, is that really what we're supposed to do? You know, and I get up there and, you know, we teach the little ones first. And, um, that morning, uh, I was reading about Nicodemus and being reborn again. And I thought, Lord, are you wanting us to like, maybe we're supposed to ask if anybody wants to receive Jesus, you know, give them that opportunity. And so with the little ones, I fumbled my way through it, and, um, you know, I was like, does anybody want to see Jesus? 55 hands go straight up. So there were 55 salvations. <laughs> it was so funny. And then uh, I was just like, oh, you know, and then 
maybe that, maybe I missed it. I don't know. And then we got to the youth and, you know, ask, you know, does anybody want to receive Jesus? And like, nobody raised their hand. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe science isn't what we were supposed to do. Maybe this. And so, you know, just all the questions like, ah, did I miss it? Did I really, you know, not hear from you, Lord? And so afterwards, uh, Rosa comes up to me and she is just, you know, just talking in Spanish and so excited. And I'm, um, they translate for me that there's this competition for the high school kids and, um, they, the science competition between all the high schools and they didn't know what they were going to do. And like, we gave them all the supply, like when we were cleaning up, I'm like, let's just leave this stuff here. Like, we don't need this to take it back. You know, we've got, and we don't have enough room in our suitcase and da, da, da. And she's like, oh my gosh, we didn't know what we were going to do. And so now we have all of the supplies that we need for this high school experiment, you know, experiment competition that they're having. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I really did hear you, you know? And so, um, one of the other things on my heart, um, that when, you know, we decided to go into school, it's like, oh my gosh, we're going to get the opportunity to have some outreach outside of Didasco, you know, because these are, there are kids that come in, you know, that go to school there. And it's like, we've never had the opportunity to minister outside of the walls of Didasco. And so, you know, we wanted to reach the community. And so, uh, we were doing that. And then we found out, you know, Marta broke her hip. And then it was like, hey, let's go pray over Marta. And so we go and look at Jorge's house, which is off the property of Didasco. And it was just, like we drive through there all the time, but we've never got to set foot on the land. And uh, so we're looking at his house and we step on the road and I was just like, Holy Spirit all over. And it's like, praise the Lord. Like God has answered our prayers. Like we're getting to go out into the community. And so we just, I just prayed in the spirit over that road and the people, you know, in the houses. And we walk over to Marta's house and we walk in and she, you know, looks at me and she's like, oh, I remember you. I took a picture with you, you know, and was just all excited to see us, you know, and then Shane comes in and she's like, oh, I remember you, you know, like it was just so amazing. And she was so touched and so overwhelmed by our generosity and our love that we would come and see her in her home. And it was just an amazing experience to say, you know what, press into the Lord, like press in. And even if you're not sure if that's what you're supposed to do, do it anyways, you know, like do it anyways and see what God's going to use it. And so, um, I just felt like, I don't know, uh, one of the other things that the Lord had showed me before, um, I was reading and there was a scripture and it says they praise God because of me, you know, they gave glory to God or praise God because of me. And I was like, Lord, that's what I want my prayer to be. Like, I want the people to praise God because of me and, you know, of our, because of our team. And the very last thing, one of the things we did a bonfire and one of the last thing Jorge says, like, let's give glory to God for what they have done. And it was just like, so perfect. Like, yes, this was my whole heart. This whole time was for them to give glory to God because of what we did. So it was just a fun experience. And, you know, it's my second home now. And I love it. You should go. And if you're not called to go, like, you know, this is the thing that will show me. Like, you don't have to go on a mission trip out of the country. You can go on a mission trip here in Midland. You can go on a mission trip when you go to the grocery store. Like, there's always somebody available that you can, you know, love on and speak life to and encourage and pray for. So. So if you hadn't heard, this was a different trip. I think it was different than all of our expectations uh, to begin with. And I went over there with just a heart to, or actually to start out, 
I went over there, or I decided to go before I left last year because I wanted to come do some more work. I wanted to, I wanted to get that in my heart that, hey, look, this is what we did, you know, and just like build up myself, you know, edify myself as like, look, look what we do. We're so good and we do these things. And, you know, that's a great feeling, you know, it's like you look back at your life and like, hey, you know, I went to Honduras, I helped build a, a girl's dorm, I helped build a little shack, I helped build an office for the school, and now we're going to go put a roof on the cafeteria. And, uh, you know, that, that selfishness was really washed away from me because the Lord, whenever Terry was explaining everybody doing the work, my name wasn't in there because... I didn't do hardly any work while I was there. It's like every time I walked over there, the, the bricks were occupied or the wheelbarrows were occupied or there's already a guy on the wheelbarrow. I think I scooped probably 10 shovels of sand, moved a few bricks. But, you know, the Lord really did a work in me that, you know, this is this is for me. This is not for you. And, you know, it was a different trip. And whenever we first started praying about the trip and everybody started getting the the message that this is going to be a ministry trip, this is going to be a different trip. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll find something to do. There's always painting to do. There's always something to do. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll do my little prayer and, you know, I'll do my, my quasi-ministry that I'm used to and, you know, um, you know, and then Shortly before we left, or I guess men's retreat, I guess when it really happened is that, you know, the Lord really started speaking into me and like, um, you know, over some stuff that happened in our family in the past that just kind of brought me back down to a level where I really didn't want to minister. I really didn't want to put myself out there. I really didn't want to open my heart up. So that's what ministry is. It's open your heart up, you know, and, um, you know, after that, you know, I was able to open my heart up to some people and step back into some ministry, and I was ready for this ministry trip. <laughs> but um, Katie's right. When we walked on that street, it's just like, it hit you. You saw the Holy Spirit working. Even over the guy yelling about fruit. We were praying, and this guy outside yelling over a loudspeaker about fruit, and like, I mean, it's just like surreal. And uh, when I walked in there, she didn't just remember me. She said, I will never forget you. <laughs> or I will always remember you, something like that. And I was like, you know, I didn't know I made that kind of impact on people. And that was not the first time I'd heard it on that trip. And then when we got off the plane, the flight attendant, he's like, I'll see you next year. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess you will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's like, on this trip, it was, uh, I mean, I'm just going to echo what everything Katie said, but, you know, it was definitely for the glory of God. And the relationships that we built there, you know, none of the kids have ever really told us their stories. We've heard their stories from either Michelle, Jorge, or Rosa. And this time, these kids are... You know, they they have the trust in us now that they're they're sharing their stories, and and some of their stories are very sad, and some of them are just you know, uh, you know, you just want to hug them and just bring them home and just love them all the time, and you know, that's just not a possibility for a lot of them. 
And, you know, some people, you know, some people work, you know, we don't, we hear stories of people trying to adopt some of these kids and like trying to bring them home. And it's like, you know, we haven't seen that come to fruition. But the little kids are so happy there. It's like they just have a joy in their heart. It's like that place is so blessed. It's the, the generosity is just like, you know, it might as well just be like a big banner across there that says generosity because God has been generous with that land. He's been generous with the, I mean, you walk into Dasco and it's like, you don't feel like you're in a third world country. I mean, there's certain aspects. It, it feels like you're on a farm on a first world country. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't feel like you're in a third world country. I mean, you go through those gates and the blessing of the Lord, you feel the presence of the Lord on, on that place. The land that they have is unreal for what is in Honduras. It's unreal. It's like a paradise. The, the generosity from people all over the world. You know, there's been, there's been ministry there from Finland or something like that. I mean, there's been people from all over the world that have come there and ministered and supported Didasco. I mean, we're, our next project we're looking at is $40,000. I mean, that's, that's just, a, a, just a kind of a, you know, estimate. Um, but I, you know, I'm believing in the Lord that by the time we go next year that we may be sleeping in tents while they work on the place that we usually stay in. So I'll be ready for that too. I hope my wife is. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. It just does something to your heart. You get more out of it than you ever feel like you gave into it. And, you know, echo from whatever they, everybody else has said is just amazing. And it was, a, it was a very different trip from any other time. And I'm looking forward to an even more different trip next year. A lot of the same same things everybody said I could say. <clears throat> Going to pray for you because I know you'll cry. I used to be you. I don't cry. I don't show emotion. God will break that for you. And I'll keep praying for you and I'll be there for you. We've said congratulations and given kudos to the Beecham kids. One of them made me laugh so hard. I haven't laughed like that in years. Thank you, Kennedy. <laughs> I've made their mother cry several nights in a row. I'm sorry. Um, but I want to thank Shane and Katie for raising godly kids. Those kids didn't just grow up and just automatically... I don't think. <laughs> I've not met a kid yet, myself included, that, that just grew up and said, man, I just want to serve people. I just want to do this. I want to do that. They didn't do that on their own. They did it because they have two loving parents that reared them correctly. And I thank you guys. Sorry if I made you cry. The trip is almost over. <laughs> um. I knew from the minute that we, we hit the ground 
actually from the minute we left, that it was going to be a different trip. I ended up having to go on a boot, um, which hinders what I like to do most, and that's hard physical labor. Um, so I knew I'd be somewhat hindered in a trip in that re- respect, but I knew it was going to be a trip of change, and it really was. Um, I didn't get a work sun up to sundown, and that was great because God gave me a chance to be quiet. I had a chance to sit and just listen to what he had to say. And and that was good. Uh, learned a lot of things, <clears throat> wrote a lot of things, uh, been writing and writing and writing, and that's been good. But one of the things uh, that, that made me know it was a change is Narda spends hours and hours and hours of doing menus and planning all the food so that when we get to the grocery store, we break up in four or five teams and everybody goes and gets their stuff. We went to the power chicken to eat. Or maybe it wasn't that day we went to the power chicken. We went somewhere. I don't remember where it was the first day. But we went and ate, and Jorge says, Oh, Miss Narda, here, we bought all this food for you already. And by the way, Francisca's going to cook for you every night. Okay, great. Uh, on this list, there's a bunch of E's. That means we have enough of that. And these check marks mean that we bought that. Well, most of it. Some of it we didn't buy, but they're still checked. <laughs> so Narda, during lunch, is trying to adjust all her shopping schedules and menus and what are we going to do, what are we going to do. And it's just a trip of change. And it worked out well because Francisca cooked for us every night. It meant all the ladies, predominantly ladies, that always cook for us were able to spend up until the very last minute right before supper with kids, with team, ministering, doing whatever they needed to do. And so that was great. In one of my short, quiet times in the morning, I say short, it was... I was up at 4 o'clock, took a shower, and everybody finally got up and out of bed by 8 o'clock, except for John. <laughs> but, but John worked hard that day, and, and God let him rest, and I praise God for that. I don't condemn him for it. Um, but in that time, I was watching kids as they slowly started coming out of their, their dorms and, and other workers that were coming out. And they're happy. And I, I flipped over and I was reading, reading Paul's words. And it says, I know what it's like to be in plenty and I know what it's like to be in need. But one thing I know is I'm content in all situations. I'm content with what I have. That really hit me. Um, because how many times do I here in the U.S. say, oh, I... Man, I really want to get that. Why? Because in six months, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Now I want to get that. Those kids have nothing. They have squat. And they are so happy to have nothing. But when you look at it, they had clothes on their back. They had food on the table. They had a place to lay their heads. And they had new tennis shoes this year or sandals and that's unusual Paco got a new set of boots he was just ecstatic I mean he was 
every time he saw us after that day, it was like, you know, clear across the compound. He was just happy. His feet didn't hurt. But um, it was just a year of change, and I encourage you all, if you have a chance, not everybody gets to go. I know that. I, I get that. But if you get the chance and you think God's speaking to you, really listen because that's when he starts speaking is when you have that first little thought about, I might go to Honduras. That'd be fun. Keep that in your mind. If you save $100 every month from today, you'll be going to Honduras in a year. That, that provides your airfare. So $100 is a lot. But you get to see a lot. You get to see a lot with people that have nothing. And you'll come back fully enriched with that. One last side note. Give us a chance. Um, Any of the team members. There's tons of stories we can tell you. Narda and I got adopted while we were there. Um, Have lunch with us sometime. Call us. Come over. We'll tell you the whole story. Um, I'm not going to make anybody else cry. The trip's almost over, so uh, we'll go from there. So there you have it. I don't really need to add much to that, I don't think. Um, I'm proud of our team. Uh, I really didn't do much of anything on this trip, honestly. I'm not even sure why I was there. Um, I will tell one quick story just of maybe one reason I was there is uh, Jorge was uh, talking about a new connection he had made with a church in Eugene, Oregon, with a four-square church there. And he met a group of people, and he's like, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to go visit with them, and they're hoping to come out and send kind of a couple of them to check it out, you know, to scout it out. And I said, well... And I'm like, Eugene, I mean, I know, you know, a few people in Foursquare. Um, and so I said, oh, who, who's the pastor there? He's like, I don't know, I don't know. So Jorge gets a phone call at dinner from that guy, <laughs> from from the guy he's been communicating with in Eugene, Oregon. That's a, a member of this church. There's a thousand mem- It's a it's a mega church. It's a large church, about a thousand members or so, maybe more. And uh, like most of the four-square churches in the Northwest. But uh, <laughs> so he's talking with them, and then he, I hear him start asking, you know, who's the pastor? He asks again. He's like, hey, can you spell that for me? So he writes it. He pulls out a napkin. He writes down the name of the guy. And he, Jorge slides it over to me, and it says, John Phelan. And I said, I know him. I know him. He babysat me. <laughs> When I was a kid, him and his wife stayed. He was in college, and my dad would have been one of his teachers, but he was my babysitter when I was, I don't know, I was probably still like 12 years old, but it was a weekend. Like, they stayed with us for the weekend one time and took care of us. I'm like, I know this guy. He'll know my name. And he certainly, you know, I said, so Jorge's like, oh, wow, that's so awesome. I'm like, you know, only God can do that, that, you know, I should, maybe I showed up in Honduras just so I could have that contact and I can contact Pastor John and say, hey, we go down there. This is a great, great place to be connected to. We'd love to have you on board. And maybe that 
you know, spark something in their leadership or whatever. Who knows? We'll leave that in God's hands. If that doesn't connect, that's fine. Uh, but it's just amazing. Like, like Terry said, you never know. You never know how God is lining you up for connection or blessing or relationship. But I will say this again. Kind of what I said on the video is, you know, this is this is why it's so important for us to be committed long term in missions. Um, that's why we have committed to continuously pour into our missions over and over again. And sometimes it can seem like, hey, we're doing the same thing. But here's the deal. When you do the same thing long enough with the, peop- with, with the same person, sometimes it allows you to have new doors open up. And so this was the year where we had, we finally saw some new doors open up. Just like everyone was saying, it was amazing to be, we have never been out in the village of Tamara and prayed for people prayed for someone, and we did this year. And it was so powerful. It was so, so amazing. Um, you know, who knows what door that's open. We've never, we've never ministered to the children in the school. And we, we, not just minute, we didn't just give a, a science class. There was a presentation of Scripture. There's a presentation of the gospel. We sang the VBS songs in Spanish. You know, they're singing them while we're doing art class again because they're learning the words. We don't know where those kids are coming from. I mean, Katie joked about it. We had 55 kids raise their hands, and we know that that's the church kid. You know, you're in a Sunday school class. Sometimes everybody can get saved. I get it. But we don't know. I believe there's some kids, they were praying that prayer for the first time, and we don't know that they might be the seed that changes their whole family. So, man, thanks for praying for us. Thanks for loving us enough to trust us and pour money into this project. Like I said, there was there's over $25,000 was given this year to make sure this team went and the projects and all that happened. That's amazing, man. Only only God can do that. Some of it was our own team members pouring in their money. I appreciate the generosity of the team members. Uh but it's just it's just fun to to pastor a generous church, you know. I don't really have to it's like I said, I show up on the trip. It's like, why am I I'm not really even doing anything here. The rest of the team can take care of this. They don't they don't need me. And you know, that's probably how it should be. Y'all can take care of this. Y'all don't need me. I'm not leaving. Just this is not a resignation. <laughs> This is not a resignation speech. So uh, we love you all. We thank you all. And please, you know, if you want to hear more of the stories, uh, grab one of us. Take us to lunch or coffee or tea for me. Um, No coffee. No cafe. So uh, let me pray and we'll close and just kind of enjoy the encouragement of the testimonies today. Father, we just honor you today. We give you glory, Jesus. And we thank you for Jorge and Rosa and for Michelle and their families. And we thank you for those children and those teenagers, those young people. We thank you that you brought our hearts together. And we know that it's for, as as John said, Lord, you're redeeming all things. You're You're doing something good. You are able to take the worst situation and somehow bring life and somehow bring hope. Lord, somehow bring a change. Lord, somehow bring something good out of that. And we're so thankful that we get to be just a little bit of your hands and feet in in, uh, Honduras, Lord. And we thank you that you take us beyond that, Lord. You take us beyond uh, the borders, the safe places that we try to hide ourselves in, Lord, that you continue to, to call us out into the deeper waters. 
And so we thank you for that opportunity to say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to let you know that next month on the second Sunday, I think it's the second Sunday on the 5th, it's about the 10th or 11th, Sunday morning, Jorge and Rosa will be right here with us in Midland. So whatever Sunday is after the 5th on a Wednesday, it's the 5th. They get in on the 5th on Wednesday, that next Sunday, the 9th. Okay, Wednesday is the ni- Wednesday is the fifth. <laughs> Whatever it is on Sunday is the ninth. Okay, <laughs> the ninth of September they will be here with us Sunday morning. So you don't want to miss that Sunday. So God bless you. Anything else we need to do before we go? Grab your kids if you need to get them. Hug somebody. Have a great week.